This is ContraZoom. Where we go back and forth about film. I'm Dakota Arsenault. And I'm Rachel Ho. Over the last few weeks, uh, really the last four episodes, we've done three Oscar Best Picture specials where each episode we break down uh, three to four of the Best Picture nominees. And then we also threw in a make remake which included another oscar nominated film but uh we're back to to our really topical oscar stuff and that is rachel and i going to make fools of ourselves by (laughs) trying to predict who is going to win at the oscars this year and so we're going to do two things here we're going to talk about who we think will win and who we want to win and if there's any sort of difference there and the reason why we're not doing snubs or anything like that is because we're actually working on an article. And if you've been following the show, you've probably saw it last year uh, or the year before. But uh, but Rachel and I do our own sort of quasi Oscar picks. And it's basically uh, the best of the year as far as the breakdowns go for the categories that the Oscar gives us. So we do do, you know, all the, the actor, actresses, director, but we also do production design and costumes and song and all that sort of fun stuff. Um, so yeah, we're, that's going to be coming out. Uh, I'm not too sure the, the timeline of when that'll be out. It'll be out after this episode, but, uh, you'll probably be seeing, uh, us tweeting about it and, and things like that. Uh, so I hope you also check that out as far as our Oscar coverage goes. Uh, but Rachel, you, uh, you weren't on any of the, the best picture breakdowns. I know we tried to get you on the last one, but the timing just didn't work because of, uh, your traveling schedule. Uh, but I'm, I'm curious, uh, how is your, I, you, you don't really Oscar death race, but how is your Oscar preparation going? Um, it's good. First off, I just want to say, you said we have been doing this and I was going to be like, I didn't do any of those episodes. Moral support, Rachel. That's all been you. I know it has, I have. I did help with titles. That's that was my biggest <laughs> contribution to those episodes. Um, also, you said doo doo, and it made me laugh. Um, <laughs> anyways, uh, my yeah, I don't do the Oscar death race, but I've seen. I, I haven't actually tabulated how many I've seen. I, sh- I probably should have done that, but um, I've seen pretty much all of them. Which I would say the exceptions are the shorts. Um, I haven't seen all the shorts. A few of the docs I've missed out on. Um, and to Leslie, still haven't seen to Leslie. Mm. We'll get to that eventually. Um, but yeah, I, I, I've done pretty well, I think. I mean, I, I do you know what the average is for Oscar death race? Like how well do people usually do? Well, I'm sort of compared against um, the people I do it with in the yeah. online community I do it with, and they're super hardcore. And, yeah, I can imagine. You know, some of them, like Jeff's been done for a month. Yeah, like he's insane like that. Um, Paulo, I, I know he's going to be cutting it down to the wire, but he's also uh, usually pretty busy doing 50 other projects at the same time. Um, I've got eight left. Well, seven and a half. I, I literally had to pause a house made of splinters halfway through <laughs> to do this recording. And, uh, and I'll get back to it later tonight where I can resume my crying. Basically, to reiterate, you've seen all the Best Picture nominees, you've seen all the major contenders, more or less, and it's really only a handful of ones where, you know, you're just going to have to throw up your arms if you're not able to get to them by the time. Yeah, I mean, like, if I don't watch Tell It Like a Woman, that's okay. I'm okay not watching that one because, you know, I, 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 I am aware of Diane Warren. I think we all are. I we all know who At she is. Point, and yep. to be honest, she's she's written some great songs over her career. Um some lovely songs. Songs that I I'm sure I grew up with as well. But yeah, if I don't get to that one, I'm fine. The one that I really do and I I'm kind of kicking myself for for having not gotten to it yet is to Leslie. And that's just cuz obviously the whole story behind it coming out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so I, that's definitely one that I, I will absolutely watch. I want to say before the ceremony, but it might, might be after, but I am definitely going to watch it just cause, um, it's curious. It's piqued my curiosity. See what the fuss is all about. Yeah. There you yeah. go. Uh, okay, cool. Uh, you feeling confident with, uh, who you've put down for your, uh, wants and wishes? My, my, my wants. Yes. Very confident with those. And, and wishes. I don't know. <laughs> Um, but my actual picks, I mean, there are a few categories that like, I'm like, it could go either way. So I'm not too sure. Like mm-hmm. I actually, if I'm completely honest, still don't have my best picture pick yet. Like I'm going to feel okay. it when, when time comes, I'm going to feel it and then we'll get well, there. Spoiler alert. That'll be at the very end of our list. Um, yeah, I assume so. To talk about it. I uh, but so, let's, yeah. uh, let's start with the, the big ones and we'll start with the acting categories. We'll start with best actor. Okay. And so the, the nominees are Austin Butler for Elvis, Colin Farrell for The Banshees of Anna Sheeran, Brendan Fraser for The Whale, Paul Mescal for After Sun, and Bill Nye for Living. So, uh, Rachel, how about you start us off? Because I, uh, I'm very curious to, uh, to hear <laughs> what you think here. Uh, who do you think will win and who do you want to win? Okay, I'll go with who I want to win, which is Colin Farrell for The Banshees of Inisherin. Really? Okay. I know, yeah. I I just really like his performance in that. I think he's brilliant. And I I know that this is not the way to choose to vote for people, um, but he just had such a great year last year. He has had such a great year with so many different varied performances, and I love Colin Farrell, and I think that he's been a great actor for his entire career, but has been overlooked for a very, very long time. Um, and it's only in the what past five to eight years ish, I want to say that he's started to get some actual serious recognition for for his acting abilities. So I'm really happy for him that he's nominated, and I, yeah, I'd love for him to win. So who I think is going to win? Obviously, I think the to- the toss up has been between Austin Butler and Brendan Fraser. Uh, Austin Butler's won. He won what the Golden Globes. He won the BAFTAs, but Brendan Fraser won the SAG, which is a that kind of surprised me, but that that's the big one, right? Like the mm-hmm. actors are the biggest voting body in the Academy. So I'm, yeah, I'm a bit tossed up, but, but I actually, I'm going to go with, with, with my boy Elvis and I'm going to go with Austin Butler as the person. Interesting. I think yeah. I'm going to okay. take him over Brigham Fraser. So I'm in a, a similar boat for who I want to win. And, and I also pick Colin Farrell mm-hmm. and uh, to sort of, Go back to your point of the last, you know, five to eight years. Maybe he's finally gained the recognition. I think it all sort of goes back to uh, him hooking up with Yorgos Lanthimos yes. and, and those two movies that he did. I think really turned the tide for a lot of people being like, "Hey, Brandon, uh, Colin Farrell's really good. Has he always been this good?" And then you know, you're going back and be like, "Shit, yeah, he's always yeah. been this good." I mean, my, minus maybe Alexander, but I think even he has yeah. bragged on Alexander a lot. So yeah, that that more has to do with with Ridley Scott. Yeah, it's bad casting. Now, to be fair, have you ever yeah. seen? Sorry, this is a sidetrack, but have you seen him on? Um, he goes on Graham Norton like a decent amount um, over in the UK, and they yeah. were talking about Alexander, and he was like, "Yeah, I know, maybe I shouldn't have been blonde, and maybe I shouldn't have had an Irish accent, but you know, who's to say?" <laughs> I'm like, "That's funny," <laughs> <laughs> but they paid me a lot, so I don't yeah. really care. Yeah, he's like, and just like the, you know, the the hundreds or so reviews that I read, this is just what they were saying. <laughs> like, yeah, oh, poor yeah, guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but much like you, it, this really was the year of Feral and uh, giving away a, a little bit of my, my thought process for our 
article that we're going to have coming out, I, I seriously considered putting his name down three times. He was in serious contention for for having two of the best yeah. actor spots and one best supporting actor spot. That's how good of a year he has had. I actually think I might have done that. <laughs> I know you definitely to... did two. I don't know if you did all three. I don't think I you don't did the Batman. I, I, well, that would have been for supporting though, right? Yes, you did. You included. Oh wait, no you you just did after Yang. You didn't I do did, Banshees. Did I not? I don't know. We're spoiling stuff that isn't I even know. out yet. <laughs> We're not done writing it. Some things might change. Back to, <laughs> I I really want Colin Farrell to win. I I really you know I'm I'm meh overall on Banshees of Inisherin, but the performances specifically his absolutely adored it. Now on the flip side of who I think will win. I agree. It, you know, at first it seemed like it was a two horse race between Frazier and Farrell and then Farrell seemingly fell off and I don't mm-hmm. really know how or why. And Butler has really risen up. So now it's a two horse race between Frazier and Butler. But you'll notice I kind of said one name twice there and that's Brendan Frazier. Uh, mm. He seems to have been the the constant, you know, he was the favorite as soon as the film premiered. He's been the favorite all the way through. He's won a lot of the awards. Yes, Butler has been winning a lot recently, but overall, I'm uh, I'm thinking it's going to be Frazier because also the the Academy loves a good story, and yeah. I think between the two of them, he's got the better story. You know, it's his comeback, um, and, and I think he's probably going to win it. Am I super confident? No, but uh, that's that's what I'm going to go with. I think like you say it's like a comeback story but it's like it's it's more than just like oh he um I mean not to disparage people who deal with addiction issues but it's not like Robert mm-hmm. Downey Jr or something like that like yeah. the reason he went away is is a very topical reason as well like that it's actually yes. kind of interesting it's incredibly topical um and also he just seems like a really nice guy and everybody really likes him. I say I say seems like I did meet him. No, you know, no big deal. I did meet him. <laughs> you did, yes, you did. Um but no, but he, he like he's it it's very clear that he's very, very well beloved in across Hollywood and people are just so happy to see him back. And I like we can say the same thing for um the best supporting actor, uh front runner, Kiwe Kwan, where they're just like people are just really happy for them. And one thing I'll say with Austin Butler, and again, this is not the way that awards should ever be picked, but he is young and this is his first big breakthrough um out of the gate not out of the gate. He's done like what a lot of Disney stuff if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, um he, he was, yeah. So I know Other that than, he's, uh, he's once upon a time in Hollywood too. Right, yeah. So I know he is very well known to like a specific fan base but i would say to mainstream audiences if that's a thing like i think this is but but butler's kind of first big this is the first thing i've actually ever seen him in because i haven't seen once upon time in hollywood um so yeah I, i i don't know i think it's more riding off of elvis to be honest and i will say this is just the difference between um maybe it's an a24 thing because they're not they, I think they're terrible focused, campaigners. Well, they've been focusing all their efforts on everything everywhere all at once, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's where all their budget is going. Like I, and this is probably a lot to do with the fact that I just see a lot of Elvis stuff um, recently. But those guys have been going hard with the campaigning, like really, really hard. They just announced today that they're releasing um, HBO Max in the states now has all of the Elvis movies that they can possibly release. Like they've put them all out, so they're really riding off not just Austin Butler, but like the legacy that is Elvis Presley. So yeah. I don't know. Like, and, and Matthew Simpson at Awesome Friday, he was saying, um, you know, anytime that you somebody portrays like a dead rock star or like a yep, dead legend, especially an American legend, um, it's very helpful. Yeah. 
I, but I honestly, I don't think either of us, like, it's going to be one of them, right? Like, it's going to mm. be one of them. Unless for some reason, Paul Mescal just pulls it out, which would be hilarious. <laughs> but like, yeah, I, it's either Butler or Frazier. It's one of the two. So yeah. I, yeah, I don't think either of us can really go wrong there. Yeah, exactly. It, it really does seem like a bit of a coin flip at this time. All right, let's and move on. In a way, to... it's good, I think, that we both picked one or the other rather than like one of us will have to be right. Exactly. All right, let's move on now to Best Actress. And we've got Kate Blanchett for Tar, Anna de Armas for Blonde, Andrea Riseborough for Two Leslie, Michelle Williams for The Fablemans, and Michelle Yeoh for Everything Everywhere All at Once. Uh, so I'm going to start with this one, uh, and, and I'm going to keep uh, it pretty simple here. It's going to be no surprise for, for people that have maybe been listening along these last few weeks or things like that. Uh, I am all aboard the Tar hype train. I want Kate Blanchett to win, and I think she's going to do it. I think she's going to get her third Oscar, and I know this is going to make a lot of people really upset but for some reason, I just have this this weird gut feeling that Kate Blanchett is going to pull it out, and that is nothing to take away from Michelle Yeoh in her incredible performance. And I will be incredibly happy if she wins as well. In fact, if they could do a tie, I'd be very happy. But that's not going to happen, and so I think Blanchett might get it, even though Michelle Yeoh is very overdue for an Oscar. Which I know we always hate when we say things like that, but yeah. like. Michelle Yeoh is really overdue for an Oscar. She's really good. She's had an incredible career. Uh, but Blanchett, I'm I'm so on board with this performance. I absolutely adored it. I know you're you're the complete opposite, and you're gonna <laughs> you know completely trash what uh, whatever I said here when uh, when I finish talking. So I'm trying to delay that as much as I can. I look. I'm. I just. I just didn't. I just didn't click with it. Like I. I don't know why. And t- there's like a couple movies. There's another. Which other movie am I thinking of? Women talking. Which I actually. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Those are two movies that I just didn't. I just didn't click with. And After Sun to an extent as well. I. I just didn't kind of get. Get with it either. Um. Although After Sun, I've heard people say to me, it's like. Uh, if you connect with it, it's probably because something like bad happened in your childhood. <laughs> like you, you've, you've had a bit of a, like maybe something with your, particularly I know people who have, um, who've lost their dads for whatever reason. Mm, yeah. um, After Sun definitely hits in a very, very different way. So, or maybe if you're currently suffering from depression or something like that. Yeah. I mean, who isn't like, we're all a little bit depressed <laughs> these days, aren't we? No, but um, yeah. So I'm Tar is just one of those movies that I just didn't, I just didn't click with. And I'm, I will say, obviously I am backing Michelle Yeoh in that that's who I want to win because I have loved her since I was a child and it would be amazing. I, I would love to see her. Um, actually get up there and win these awards. And she's, I mean, she's a very well awarded actress, generally speaking, but um, yeah, I think it's cool. Like, I think it would be good. This is such a great role for her, something that she's really never done before. Um, and I, I would love to see her win. That being said, I'm actually with you. I think Kate Blanchett's going to win. Um, it's more or less my, like, no faith in the Academy kind of thing, but I just think everything all, I think it's too weird for them in a way. Like, I just think it's just not, I don't know. It's actually, can you, can you clarify something for me? Um, For the acting nominee nominations, is it only the actors branch that does this or is it everybody? I wish I could remember. I knew I used to know all the ins and outs. I know for voting, it's only the acting branch, but I can't remember the final. Yeah. Because if that's the case, then I mean, like, there's a lot of overlap with SAG and the actors branch here. So, I mean, like, technically speaking, it could be Michelle Yeoh then. But I think that if there's other people who are voting in this category, then 
I do. I do. Like in my heart of hearts, I actually do think it's going to be clean. I'm going to change it. I'm going to back Michelle Yeoh for everything. I'm going to say she's the one who's going to win. And that's the one I want to win. Um, I'll split the difference with you just like we did for best actor. But I would like to footnote. I do think it's going to be Kate Blanchett. Um, I just, I just think like, there's just something in there. I do. I just think that she's going to be the one who wins. And I think that it's going to cause a really bad problem online. Like people are just going to be really pissed off about it, but oh yeah. Yeah. But I'm, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to ride with Michelle for both and I'm going to say she's going to win it. And, um, and that's obviously who I would like to win. The only thing that'll make the internet more mad is if <laughs> Jamie Lee Curtis wins ha. supporting actress. No, you know what? Imagine Anna Darmus wins for, for Best Actress. Yeah, you know, that would probably piss off a lot of people, too. <laughs> or Andrew um, Riseborough would make people pretty upset, too, actually. I think people will more be baffled than angry. Potentially, but given, like, all the, con- <clears throat> excuse me, all the controversy with, like, why aren't, isn't Viola Davis or Danielle Deadweiler in here, like, and it's, a, I mean, it's a silly logic that people are being like, Andrea Riseborough took their, their spot, which yeah. is not how it works, but, you know. That's just how people kind of think, I suppose. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, yeah I'm, I'm going to go with Michelle for both, but I do think you'll probably have better odds with Kate Blanchett. Okay. Okay. Uh, moving on to Best Supporting Actor, and we've got Brendan Gleeson for The Banshees of Anna Sheeran, Brian Tyree Henry for Causeway, Judd Hirsch for The Fablemans, Barry Keegan for The Banshees of Anna Sheeran, and Kihoi Kwan for Everything Everywhere All at Once. Uh, this is going to be a, uh, actually, you know, I'm going to start with you. What is your want to win, think will win? Um, I'm I'm going with Kiwi Kwan for both. Uh, again, great story, similar to um, Brendan Fraser. It's just a really nice story, and then his is uh, I don't want to say more personal to me, um, but just in the sense of like his the reason one of the reasons that he stopped acting um, back in the in the early '90s was because he couldn't get roles that he wanted to do because they just kept wanting to kind of put him in very kind of typical. Asian man, Asian boy roles. And so he stepped away from acting for such a long time. And it wasn't until crazy rich Asians rolled around that he kind of realized there was a bit of a change in the industry and that maybe he had a spot in it again. So him coming back, doing everything everywhere all at once. It's just like, what a story that is. What a great story. And he's again, so excited. You can see him all over socials. If you don't follow him on Instagram, he's a great follow on Instagram. Um, and he Mm -hmm. takes so many selfies with everybody and he's very, very fun. Um, And I think he's going to win. Like he's basically, with the exception of the BAFTAs, he has pretty much taken every single Best Supporting Actor um, award that there is to take. So I'm going to go with him for the one that I want to win, also the one that I think is going to win. Okay, cool. Uh, I, I think it's going to be a bit of a repetitive thing for me throughout the night of, of the, this recording is – my wants and thinks are overlapping a little bit. And I think that's sort of where maybe my personal biases are probably going to start showing up. Um, but I too both want and think Quan will win. Mm-hmm. You're, you're absolutely right. He he's dominated this entire race. It's, it hasn't even been close. It's, it's been a bloodbath for literally everyone else in his, in his wake. He's, he's taken everyone down uh, and <laughs> it's so all with a, an adorable <laughs> smile. He's so Great violent speeches. about this. Like. Oh, he he's so violent. He he wants <laughs> It's such a bloodbath. Like. He's just murdering left, right, and center, <laughs> kicking puppies, you know. That's when John Wick comes in. That's the crossover that we need. <laughs> John Wick stands no chance against Kihoi Kwan. I mean, I would pay to see wouldn't you want to see that? That would be a Waymond will kick his ass. Come on. Oh, 
Like, you can't do this to me. I can't. I can't. It's early for me. I can't comprehend that. <laughs> uh, yeah, this this is probably going to be the the easiest yeah. one to predict of the night, and, and also, uh, I think it's going to just be the the sort of cherry on top of, of a very pleasant campaign from him that I mm-hmm. think everyone's sort of been coalescing around him and rooting for him the whole time. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's move on to best supporting actress. And we have got Angela Bassett for Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, Hong Chow for The Whale, Carrie Condon for The Banshees of Van Sheeran, Jamie Lee Curtis for Everything Everywhere All at Once, and Stephanie Hsu also for Everything Everywhere All at Once. Uh, like I said last time, there's going to be a lot of repetition from me. I both want and think Carrie Condon hmm. to win, will win. Uh, and I just really adored her performance in Banshees. Like I was saying with, with the Colin Farrell stuff, Movie I wasn't crazy about, but I loved all the performances. Uh, we were just praising Barry Keegan a moment before. Mm-hmm. Same sort of deal. I really liked her, and I, I think Hong Chow would probably be my number two. What what an incredible year for her as well. Between uh, the whale and the menu, where she's really popping off and being like, got some real good edge and sass to her that I really like. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm going Carrie Condon and, and maybe that's a little controversial. I don't know. I think this category is wide open. I know Angela Bassett has been winning some awards, but not really the ones that are true predictors. So as far as quantity goes, Bassett's probably got the most, but as far as I'm not saying that others are more quality than others, but the ones that are more predictive, uh, have been sort of been split between Carrie Condon and the two everything everywhere ladies. So I don't really know exactly how it's going to go. It it sort of seems like a a four horse race there. Um, so I'm just, you know, going to blindly throw a dart at Carrie Condon. You? That just dawned on me that Angela Bassett did not win the SAG. I just realized that. Yep. Um, which was a big blow to her. Yeah, that is a very momentum. big blow. Um, I'm still going to go with Angela Bassett for winning, though. I actually think this is going to be the first, what do they want to call it? Like above the line, quote unquote, above the line um, mm-hmm. Marvel, Marvel win. Yeah, I think yeah. that it's going to be for her. I just think it's Angela Bassett. Like, I, I she's 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 great. I mean, the movie Speaking itself Speaking of someone is, who's due. Yeah, I mean, but she has... I want to say she's won. I think we talked about this before. Um, like, has she won before? But like, she's definitely been nominated before. But I think she, I think she's got it. Like, I actually do think it's going to be Angela Bassett to win. My pick for who I want to win, though, I'm going with you, and I'm going to say Carrie Condon. Um, I just really love her performance in that. And as much as I love Stephanie Hsu in Everything Everywhere at Once, I was so happy when she was nominated. Um, because I think that she like she has been the oddest blind spot for for this category throughout all of this award season, and I'm glad that she got the the quote unquote like the big one, like the the kind of the crown jewel of of all of the awards um, for for uh, the West, I suppose. Um, but I will say I I really love Carrie Condon's performance. I think she's just incredible in that movie. Um, but I'll go, I'm going to stick with Angela. I'm going to I'm going to go with Angela Bassett. Um, okay. Yeah. Well, I, I like that we're on the agreement of, of Carrie Condon. Yeah. We're agreeing uh, okay. a lot, I think, in this. We are. This is I good. know. It's weird. It's good. It's weird. good. It's like a new, it's it's a new thing for us. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, let's move on to a best original score. We've got All Ooh. Quiet on the Western Front, Babylon, The Banshees of Van Sheeran, Everything Everywhere All at Once, and The Fablemans. Uh, I, I started that one. Yes. So let's start with you. What are your thoughts on this category? I'm going to say you and I are the same again. 
I'm going to say that both of us picked Babylon, Justin Hurwitz, as the one that we want to win and the one that we think is going to win. And I think we're correct. <laughs> I think that we're correct. <laughs> because I, I love I his score is, you know, I know that a lot of people have been very, very divided about Babylon. But, like, the one thing that I think everyone can agree on is mm. this music is pretty amazing. And his score is great. And I remember um, when I got access to the score, I was just playing it over and over and over and over again like it's so good and i've heard some criticisms of it being like it's not accurate to the time like it's not exactly the type of jazz but the the thing that i kind of find it funny about that is like you know i'm not to talk about elvis all the time but like elvis i mean baz is known to do this like to to take the you know the music of elvis it's not surprising that he took the music of elvis remixed it with modern sounds and beats and and artists but then he actually i thought he was only going to use it for the soundtrack but then he actually puts it in the movie so i'm like if you're gonna go after justin Hurwitz for the babylon thing then like let's talk about elvis a little bit here because that obviously you know not period correct either was it but nobody's really saying anything about that um but yeah i i think babylon that's just an amazing justin Hurwitz is one talented musician like i it's incredible him and damien chazelle have such a great partnership and i hope that they continue to just do every single movie together um and i also i'd love to see justin Hurwitz work with other directors as well um like i know he he obviously works beyond damien chazelle but like i just think i think he's gonna be when his career is all said and done he'll he'll be one of the you know the john williams the hans zimmers the uh who's the other one who's the other guy the one that did, Sergio, um, um not sergio leone um i'm thinking of the um, titanic one who did titanic oh howard shore wasn't howard shore he's a that's a good pick though that's it not no it's like it starts with a j it's a it's another john or something like that but anyways the point is i think justin Hurwitz, when his career is done he will be considered one of the best um like movie composers especially for the current crop of people like him and uh uh johansson i think like or not johansson sorry um Gorg- gorgonson something like that and then hilda oh. i think those three <laughs> are like incredible um and like music scores are sorry movie scores right now i think they're they're at like a really nice peak like another peak because i i think that we're in a really good age of of movie scores and um i think justin Hurwitz is one of the best to do it i will say i do so, love all quiet's score as well i think that is a very good score so to fill in some gaps of things that you were saying you're talking about james horner who did james the horner score. thank you one of the other modern up-and-comers that's really cementing himself is ludwig Gorenson. Gorenson, i'm so close yeah. with that one <laughs> You were, yes. And then Hilder, I'm not even going to try to say yeah. her last name. Uh, another name I would throw in there is uh, Trent Reznor and Atticus yes. Ross. Oh, They're yes. obviously yes. a yes. little bit older than some of these other names that we're saying, but their they're, they're scores, you know, I thought yeah. at first it was like, oh, their work with Fincher, can they, you know, replicate the success outside of his milieu? And and they keep crushing it and yeah. crushing it. No, and and I sort of see Hurwitz in a sort of a similar vein as, yeah. as what the two of them are doing and being like, I want to see... What else you're doing with other people? Yeah. I mean, again, love what him and Chazelle are doing. I think like, and I like that they're like old school friends too. I think that that's a cool yeah. thing. Like it's, it's a nice little story. Um, and maybe one day somebody will make a, like a Babylon type movie about their relationship. Who knows? Ooh. Yeah. Uh, but you're, you're absolutely right. Um, I, I want to think Babylon is going to win uh, as well because you're so right. Where 
everyone, regardless of what you think of the movie, people come out and be like, man, I love that movie. I don't know what people were wrong about it. And that score was incredible. <laughs> and then there's people who are like, oof, that movie was a bloated mess, but that score was pretty incredible. Yeah, it's true. It's yeah. And it just, it went everything about it. Like the more that even though Babylon's such a long movie, I found and like when I came out of it, I was kind of lukewarm on it, but I've watched it. I think three times now. Like I've just oh kind of, I just had it on. Like I'm not, to be fair, I'm not like focusing on it for every single minute, but like I'll put it on and then it, the, the marriage between the score and the direction, again, it just goes back to Damien and, and, and Justin, if I may, Damien and Justin, um, the two of them <laughs> just hanging out, but it goes back to their relationship. And like, I think just their chemistry, I think like they, it, it's so in, they're so in sync with each other. And I, I think it's incredible. Um, and the more you watch it, which I, I, I can't really recommend people rewatch Babylon all the time because it's a very long movie. Um, but the more you watch it, the more you pick up just like little music cues that just go so perfectly with what's happening on the screen. It's incredible. Yeah. All right, let's move on to best original song. We've got applause <laughs> from tell it like a woman, hold my hand from top gun Maverick, lift me up from black Panda Wakanda forever not to, not to from RRR, and this is a life from everything, everywhere, all at once. Uh, it, it's really been shaping up. You know, there was a big push for RRR to be mm-hmm. nominated in a bunch of different categories at the Oscars, and unfortunately missed out on everything. It wasn't submitted by N- India for the best international film category, uh, but uh, it did manage to, to crack through with not to, not to. And I'm really excited to see the performance at the Oscars because it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be good. And they've talked about how their goal is to get the people in the audience to also do the dance. Oh, really? That's funny. (laughs) Yeah. That's going to be amazing. Yeah. Uh, But I both want and think that RR is going to win. This is kind of a a weak category overall. Yeah, Yeah, maybe Rihanna will pull out a a surprise win for Black Panther. Uh, But there really isn't a lot of strong choices this year. And and RR has what's going to go down as one of the all-time classic movie songs and uh, and will win. Uh, Is that who you want to win as well? It is. Yeah. Um, I'm going to agree with you. I think Natu Natu is going to win. I think that that's just kind of it's just captured the imagination, hasn't it? That song and like that, that movie. Mm-hmm. And I also think there's a nice redemption for Bollywood movies. Cause it, for a long time, people used to make fun of it for like all the dancing and all the singing all the time. And now it's like, Oh, now you guys like it. Cause it's good. Like if you actually just took a <laughs> second, you'd realize the songs are actually pretty sweet. Um, I'm actually going to go with though, the one that I would like to win. And I know it hundred percent won't win. Uh, but I actually really think hold my hand with Gaga the reason I'm picking it is just, or it's the one that I that I like the best of these five songs. I just think it goes really, really well with Top Gun Maverick. Like it kind of surprises me how well the song goes with the movie, um, and I don't know why that that is. It's just stuck in my head. I'm not a huge Gaga fan, but it just I find that the the two of them just kind of coalesce really, really nicely. But I'm very happy to see Natu Natu win, and I do think it is going to win. Moving on to best sound, we've got All Quiet on the Western Front, Avatar The Way of Water, The Batman, Elvis, and Top Gun Maverick. I um, Actually, let's start with you. I, I went last time. So, so what are your thoughts on this category? Um, I'm, I think all of those choices are actually really good. Like, I actually think the entire category is decent. I think Avatar might be the one that I'm like, eh. I really wanted to see the menu on best sound. I've been really pushing for the menu for best sound. I think that it's just like when they started, I I never really understood the difference between um, 
the two separate sound categories. So when you put it together, I just think of the movies that had the greatest like soundscapes and I can completely see where all quiet, obviously being a war movie, the Batman has incredible sound as well. Um, being so high octane Elvis for obvious reasons. And then Top Gun kind of lives in a similar boat as the Batman. My one that I think that I would like to see win is all quiet. Um, just cause I really love that movie. And I do think the sound in that is pretty incredible. Um, I actually think, Top Gun Maverick is going to take this one. And I think the reason I'm pulling, I'm going to say that one is because I don't think it's going to win in really any other category. Um, And I think that this is one that people can really latch onto. And like, cause I think that they want to award it something, you know, like I think that it's a movie that has kind of, it did a lot last year. It, I mean, to quote Steven Spielberg, it saved cinema. And so I, I think I'm going to go with, Top Gun to win, but All Quiet would have been my choice. Okay. Uh, I'm actually want Elvis to win, interestingly enough. Why do you say and it like so? Like, I want Elvis to win. Why do you say it like that? It's Elvis. No, this is, this is me trying to <laughs> curry favor in, in your good books there, Rachel. <laughs> I don't even like uh, the movie that much. That's kind of the funny <laughs> thing about it. The the movie is yeah, uh, you know a bit of a bloated mess, but I really like the musical yeah, sequences, and I think they do a, a really great job of making you feel like you're in the audience mm-hmm. during some of his live performances. They do such a good job with the music in that movie, and, and that's one of the few things they get right. <laughs> and and I think that's something that a lot of people can you know as much as you hate biopics or things like that you can at least be like well the musical sequences were actually really entertaining and and that's more than you can say of something like Bohemian Rhapsody or, or yeah. some of the other movies it's where it's like come on if you're gonna do a biopic about uh, a singer or a band you gotta nail the music down mm-hmm. you really gotta do that and and Elvis I think really did so that's a, that's a, like an interesting thing though of like considering what what do we think of with that category with best sound? I know this is such a technical category and people don't really care about it that much, but like when you're considering what is the best sound. So if you look at all quiet avatar, Batman, Top Gun, those obviously aren't music calls. Like they don't have music to them. So you're just looking at the sound of literally the sound of the movie. Right. Whereas Elvis Mm -hmm. is you're, you're considering the music of the movie, which to me is a different thing. Like to me, that would almost kind of go in line with more score. And I like, I know that they don't have like a best music because score is, is that, whereas Elvis falls into a kind of a weird category where it's not a score necessarily. Um, but yeah, like, do you, do you know what I mean though? Like just kind of considering what do you, what, what, how do you decide what is a best sound for these five mm-hmm. movies? It's to, to me, it's really interesting just because Elvis stands out as one that, is unlike the other four. Yeah, you're, you're kind of touching them before about how there used to be two categories. And and I can't remember which one is which, which one is editing and which one is yeah. mixing, but basically breaks down to one is how do the natural sounds that we yeah. hear that we should be hearing happening mm-hmm. sound and how do the artificial sounds uh, sound. I got you, okay. And so, so those are the two differences of the category. So, so the the natural would be dialogue, dubbing, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, someone walking down a hallway, things like that, where you expect to hear it. So, so in the war movies, the guns that mm-hmm. that that are going off, that you are expecting that to be real, versus the edited sounds of layering and things like that, and 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 everything that's going on. So it, it's really tough. And and now that there is only one category. 
it's a little harder to be like, well, it's sort of like, what do you value most? And I sort of think that's sort of similar to how one would vote for maybe something like best visual effects as well, yeah, uh, which yeah. we'll get to later. Yeah. Uh, but you're right. This is actually a, a very strong category. Normally, this is kind of like a, uh, crap, I got to watch some of these movies. But uh, <laughs> overall, I'm, I'm very happy with it. Yeah. Elvis, I want to win. But with you, I think Top Gun is going to win. And and I agree, this might be its only award of the night. And I don't think this movie's going home empty-handed. Yeah, I think it's just got too much love, doesn't it? It's just people just really... Mm-hmm. Which, again, we keep talking about this is not the way to vote for <laughs> awards. Like, that's not how it should be done. Like, it should just be, of these five movies, which one did it the best? But you can't help but bring in, you know, side stories, backstories, comeback stories, all that kind of stuff. Like, and you can't. And, and Top Gun is probably one of the best cinema stories of last year, I would say. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to best production design. And the nominees that we have for this category are All Quiet on the Western Front, Avatar, The Way of Water, Babylon, Elvis, and The Fablemans. And sort of to say the opposite of Best Sound, where I thought all of the nominees were very <laughs> strong, here I would say they're all, for the most part, eh, They're okay. Like, maybe, maybe it was just a weaker year for production design and movies or, or what, but I, I look at this crop and I'm like, yeah, there's there's some good ones and... Uh, and the one that I want to win is, is Babylon, which I think did a, a pretty good job. And I know I got some pushback uh, talking about All Quiet on the Western Front. And I'm like, yeah, it was just some trenches. Obviously, they did a really good job with the trenches and, and the other stuff. But like, I don't know. I want a bit more from my best production design Oscar nominees and winners. And like Avatar The Way of Water, I don't know what was real, what was CGI. Same goes with Elvis. Yeah. And as Jeff famously said about the Fablemans, congrats, you made a high school. <laughs> so that's so reductive of what Steven Spielberg very much did. Um, okay, so sorry, are you so you want Babylon? Who, do you, and I think it's and you also think Babylon's gonna Babylon. also going to win? Okay, yes. which is what I like. I hesitate for a second because I'm like. Yeah, but like this movie did so poorly and the Oscars mm-hmm. rarely reward well, movies that do this poorly. Yeah. Th- this is going to go down textbooks as a flop of epic proportions yeah. uh box office wise. And critically. And they and critically, and critically it was it was very mixed. I wouldn't yeah. say it was like across the board flop critically, but like more than not there was a lot of uh hatred and vitriol for this movie. And the Oscars, you know, are very uh, reticent to give more than one award to a movie that performs so poorly. And so we've already got it down for score. Is it also going to win production design? I don't know, but I'm I'm going with it. What about you? What are your thoughts? So Babylon is the one that I want to win. Um, I agree with you. Like the, I mean, I'm not as as flippant about what happened on the Fablemans <laughs> or or All Quiet. Like I think that. I mean, the Fablemans to me, it it actually, they do a great job of just fine. It's just a high school if you want to put it that way. But like, it's a high school from, when's the movie set? Back in the the 50s? Early 60s, late 50s, early 60s. Yeah. And it feels like that. Like, it definitely has that feel. And maybe that's because high schools in America haven't changed that much. I don't know. We didn't go to high school in the States. We don't know this. But like, it, it just felt like it. And I think that like a lot of the thing with the Fablemans of, of capturing the time period is obviously Steven Spielberg being a genius, but it's all in the production design as well. So I think that they did a really good job with that. I like Babylon because I just like the details of it. I think it just looks stunning. I liked 
Damien Chazelle, you could say a lot of things about him, um, but I think he is, he's very meticulous about details and about like bringing to life the different worlds that he's trying to create, whether it's in even first man, which is, I know probably, well, actually now, I don't know, maybe Babylon's the one that's considered quote unquote, the worst of his um, portfolio, if you will. But uh, I think for a while it was best man, but even best man, I think that that had excellent production design. I first man, really first good. man, not best man. Did I say best man? Sorry, first man. <laughs> it's funny. I'm working on something else, and there's a movie called The Best Man that I was just writing about. So that's, that's in my head. <laughs> something on your mind. A little Freudian slip. Yeah. Um, All Quiet, I would say I'm going to defend my favorite movie, All Quiet, of the year. Because, yes, maybe it's just, quote, unquote, just trenches, as Dakota Arsenault is saying. Um, but to me, like, it was never really about a huge – it's not like Saving Private Ryan, where I don't think that the point of the movie was the spectacle. Um mm-hmm. And in which case I would say, why was it nominated for best production design? But I do think they did a good job. Um, but I'm going to go with Elvis to win because they rebuilt a lot of sets across. Like, so they filmed this in Australia, as most people know. Um, and they rebuilt Beale street. They rebuilt Graceland. Like they rebuilt Memphis in a sound studio. Um, and they did a pretty good job of it, I think. And again, like I think, They've done a great job with the campaigning of showing these behind the scenes clips of of the different sets that they've built and all that kind of stuff. And so I I think that they're going to win. And I actually think that they've won most of the production design, like most of the technical stuff. Elvis has won. Um, Avatar is such a funny one in this, though, isn't it? Like it's such an odd inclusion in this because I don't. What does that mean? That they what's <laughs> real? But like, what is it? The whole point of Avatar is that it's motion capture computer. Like that's kind of the the, the deal with it so why is it under best production design i don't get that like i actually really don't understand their inclusion in this category or for cinematography but we can get there yeah okay uh let us move on to that exact category and that is best cinematography and the nominees are all quiet on the western front bardo elvis empire of light and tar so rachel you ended us off let's start it off with you again so obviously my bad. Avatar did not make it into cinematography. Thank God. No, they did not. Um, but I'm going to go with uh, another overlap. I'm going to say All Quiet is going to win. And All Quiet is the one that I think is, or not I think, is the one that I want to win. Um, this was the, a terrible category. Like I think of all the categories <laughs> in the entire awards, I think this was the worst one. This was the one that was just so head scratching. Like I... Empire of Light, I know Roger Deakins is Roger Deakins, I get that. But this was probably some of his not greatest work. I think we can all agree on that. Bardot is fine, like it looks great and all that kind of stuff. And I think this is its only nomination really. But um, yeah, I just, I this uh, this category to me was just a hot mess. Because I think that um, Top Gun should have been in there. But um, I'm reminded now that we weren't going to do snubs. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm going to go with All Quiet for both. It's the one that I want to win, also the one that I think is going to win. Yeah. Uh, and I'll say, once again, minor spoiler preview for our, our article. Both of us came up with far superior lists for, yeah. for the cinematography category. Absolutely. And and obviously, both of us kind of included a couple picks that were never really in contention. But yeah, something like Top Gun. Why the hell wasn't that there? Like, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. This is a weird category. And and it seems like half the nominees are there because of, of merit and the other half are there because of name recognition of the cinematographers. 
Yeah, which I mean, but again, like there were better options out there, so I just don't. 100%. Empire of Light is the one that I find them. I know it's Roger Deakins, but it's just it's not good Deacons. And I'd never thought yeah. I would say that. Like, I never thought there was such a thing as not good Deacons, but it's like, I liked it. It was, his cinematography was fine, but fine. it wasn't anything spectacular. But I like, you could have told me anybody else, like some no name person did that. And I'd be like, yeah, okay, that's good for them. Well done. Yeah. But when I think of Roger Deacons, like I, I do put, like I have a higher standard for Roger Deacons because he has created that standard for himself. And so when I watch Empire of Light, I'm almost like, it's almost like he was just bored. And he was just like, let's just get this done and over with. Um, he's like, I just yeah. didn't want to be here. And I'm like, that's such a shame to me. But yeah, I, this yeah. category was just a mess. But go all quiet. Go James Friend. He's good. <laughs> my uh, my answers are very similar to you. It's a it's a clean sweep across the yeah. board for, for both of us. All quiet is what I want to win. And that's who I think will win as well. It was pretty incredible cinematography. Mm-hmm. I know I was, you know, being very dismissive of the production <laughs> design earlier. And and I and I think that's not fair because I do think that there was some really incredible production design in that movie mm-hmm. that I was just, you know, doing a bit of a bit there. Um, but the cinematography is incredible yeah. and, and they did such a good job with it. And and maybe if this category was stronger, uh, I don't know if I'd pick it. It's going to be in my top five for the year, but it's not my number one of the year. So it says a lot about this category as a whole. Mm-hmm. A whole, but uh, but yeah, um, all quiet, very strong, and and hopefully it wins. And because it seems to be doing quite well across you know some of the other awards, where it, it's maybe more of a player for its nominations than I think people are, are maybe giving it credit for. It's it's funny. I mean, maybe it's because it's a um, quote unquote international movie. Like it's it's just not an American one. So maybe that's why people are. I hate saying this, but like sleeping on it. Um, but <laughs> uh, yeah, I, it's it's one. I was really really impressed with how well it did um, in the nominations because I didn't think it was going to do that well. Um, but it is one that you know. I mean, I loved it when it first came out. I thought I think it's just an incredible movie. But. Um, yeah, I, I think it will. I think I agree with you. I think it'll do better than I, um, people are expecting it to. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's move on to hair and makeup. And the nominees for this category are All Quiet on the Western Front, The Batman, Black Panther Wakanda Forever, Elvis, and The Whale. So this is uh this this is an interesting category where much like sound, uh, the movies are actually all pretty decent for the most part in this group. Uh, that said, I want Elvis to win this category, and and the reason why is this is makeup and hairstyling. This isn't just makeup; it includes both of them. And until they split them up, which you know, honestly, I probably be fine if they split up the category because they are very different departments that mm-hmm. are done. And, and the, the reason why I'm saying this is Elvis, both Austin Butler and Tom Hanks. Those are, those are the two main characters in this. They both feature prosthetic work and hair work as well that are both pretty incredible. But that said, I also really appreciate in this category where, you know, sometimes we say more, uh, um, less is more. I, I sort of disagree with this category. I want to see more. I want to see the entire background, all the supporting characters, the extras, all those people to also fit in with the hair and makeup designs of the leads. That So it's not just two people that get all the love and then everyone else is like, oh, and then they're in the background. Uh, no, I thought they, they, they did a really good job of capturing this era of, of late 50s, early 60s America going into the later 60s as well, into the early 70s. 
and and showing just what how hair was changing in that time period and you you see different generations of people too so i think they they did a really good job of capturing all of that and then of course you know the very subtle prosthetic work that they did on austin butler to make him look more elvis like obviously we know the prosthetic work that tom hanks wears in this because we know what he looks like and stuff like that but austin butler was a very subtle adjustment to him and i think they did a really good job of not overdoing it but getting it just right uh so he still looked like himself but he also looked like elvis that said i think the whale is going to win because that is the main talking point over their entire campaign of like look at the prosthetic work we did for (laughs) brendan frazier and and so much so they showcase it where there are multiple scenes where he, his characters in various states of undress, uh, so you get to see the full prosthetic suit on his body. So you, it, it's like, hey, look, look at all the work we did. This isn't what Brandon Fraser actually looks like. Um, so I, I really think that this is probably going to win. Although I'm, I'm feeling maybe a little bit less confident as the days go on. What about you, Rachel? Um, so I think Elvis is going to win. Um, I think that how do I put this? I think that there's just been a lot of love for for all the reasons that you just said for bringing people back mm-hmm. in that time period. It's it's about Elvis, so I can talk about Elvis. It's not easy to make a man look like Elvis Presley. Like, let's be honest now. <laughs> and I don't actually think Austin looks anything like Elvis Presley. And I think that they did a good enough job to get him to be recognizable as Elvis without being like one of those Elvis imitators, which is a very fine line that I'm sure that the makeup people have to, and the, and the hairstyling people have to consider is like, you don't want it just to look like he's an, one of those random imitators. That's, you know, the, the, the hundreds and thousands of them around the world. Um, and I like that they did like little bit of very light prosthetics on Austin Butler, um, just to kind of shape the face and the jaw, especially as he was getting older. Uh, and obviously the Tom Hanks, uh, he, he, the Tom Hanks, he, like, that was pretty incredible as well. And all the background people, I think that they did a really, really great job um, of, of putting it all together. So I do think that they're going to win. Personally, though, I don't know. It's just one thing and it's unfair to mark one tiny little thing um, against this team who has done an incredible job. I really hated his tan in that movie. <laughs> I just thought it looked so... I mean, I know Elvis was like super tanned at some points in his career, but I just looked at Austin. I just wanted to like wipe his face because I'm just like, it just doesn't <laughs> look good. Like I, I've seen people tan up like with makeup and that is a bad job of it. Like I'm just, if I saw someone like that walking down the street, I'd be like, that is not a good tan job that you just did for yourself. Like chill out on the bronzer a little. Um, so I, my personal pick for who I want to win is um, the Batman. Cause I just think they did, a great obviously Colin Farrell's penguin is the focal point of of the makeup and hairstyling thing with the prosthetic work um and also the is i guess like uh, I'm sorry i don't think we're supposed to call it fat suits anymore but that the body stuff is that also considered prosthetics even though it's just like a suit yeah, that yeah. they wear um yeah that's that's considered makeup prosthetics yeah so yeah I, I just think the batman does such a great job not just with her but i think um zoe kravitz looks amazing throughout like they mm-hmm. they really great job with her uh, and even the you know with with pattinson with all the kind of the emo style batman that they did for him um i i think the batman does such a great job and i i would love for them to win um but i do think elvis is going to take it 
it's it's even something as simple as the fact that for the first time in a Batman movie, when he takes the cowl mm-hmm. off, you still see the eye black. Yeah. Whereas like every other movie has tried to hide being like, no, we're not really painting his eyes yeah. black. Look at that. Bruce Wayne doesn't um, wear eye makeup. Like that would be yeah. silly. <laughs> would be silly. And so I, I really like yeah. that they keep the eye black on on, uh, on Bruce Wayne when he has the cowl off because it looks so cool and adds a lot to it. And especially since it really looks like he's just like sort of smearing it on yeah. and letting it get smudged from when he's all sweaty and stuff like that and it looks really cool so i i'm all for the batman winning this as well because they did a really good job too yeah but i'm going with elvis i think they're going to i really do think elvis <laughs> is going to have a very very good night at the academy Awards. interesting so. yeah okay let us move on to costume design we've got babylon black panther wakanda forever elvis everything everywhere all at once and mrs harris goes to paris rachel what are your picks? It's a broken record for me. I'm going with Elvis again. I think that they're going to win costume design. Um, for much of the same reasons you said about the hair and makeup, I think you can apply the exact same thing to the costume design. And, you know, I think if there's anything that Elvis is really known for beyond being perpetually tanned and just shoe polish black hair is his dress sense. And they comp- they do such a good job of bringing the little details of the outfits that he wore um you know, and the cool thing I think is like when he's on Ed Sullivan, things like that, because like we didn't see it in color, obviously, like the, the footage is in black and white. So it's really neat to see it in color. Um, that's nothing to do with costume design. I just think it's kind of cool. Um, but yeah, I, I think um, I think they did an incredible job with the costumes. Um, so I think Elvis is going to win. My personal pick for the one that I would like to see win is Babylon. I just, again, the details that they put into that movie for that time period are incredible. And I suppose much of the same reasons that I think Elvis is going to win is why I love Babylon. Um, I just think they did an amazing, amazing job bringing the the 20s um, to life via costume design. Because it wasn't really so much the hair and makeup um, of that time period, really. It's more the costumes mm-hmm. that really puts you into the into the era. Mm-hmm. And I think that they did an incredible job. Do you have any favorite costumes from Babylon? I love Margot Robbie's red dress. And I know that's a really obvious from one. The beginning. But it's just incredible. Yeah. Like, and it obviously helps that she's like looks incredible in it. But I just love like the design of it. It just kind of looks like um it sounds really bad. It sounds really flippant almost, but it sounds it just looks like like kind of a red rag <laughs> that just kind mm, of like yeah. wraps around her really nicely. But it's so effortless and like cause considering that she's meant to be um like poor at the beginning of the film. Uh, it's yeah. such a great costume to put on her where it looks sexy. It looks um, kind of not glamorous, I wouldn't say, but like there's a hint of glam to it. It's very stylish, but it is in just so simple because she obviously couldn't afford anything glitzy or, 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 or glamorous. Um, so she kind of does what she can with what she has. And uh, yeah, I, I think Babylon's costume design's perfect. Nice. Uh, well, I am echoing your sentiments that I think Elvis is going to win. Uh, this is a, a case of more is more. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of, of different styles in this. You know, we, we travel through time. We see the early, you know, his early country era. And so everyone wearing, uh, you know, the, the nice fringe shirts and stuff like that <laughs> and the cowboy hats. And then when he slowly, you know, we get, then we get his military stuff. And then he slowly finds his own style. And eventually we get to the jumpsuits. And then we're contrasting his, you know, uh, is he out of style look to like the hippies and the younger generation, and the kids and what they're all wearing and all that sort of stuff. And because of that, I also want Elvis to win. Um, 
maybe I'm also more a little more gung ho on this movie than than I thought I was. <laughs> maybe maybe you've convinced me. I don't know. Maybe I'll be saying uh, Elvis for Best Picture at the end of this. I don't know. I think we like the movie in theory. <laughs> I think like in theory <laughs> we like it. But am I correct in saying you are like me and that we're just not big fans of Baz? Yeah, I yeah. I think that's that's very true. The only movie of his I would say I actually like is uh, Strictly Ballroom. I've never seen that. That's interesting. Maybe I'll watch. It that. was his very first one. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I I don't mind Romeo and Juliet, yeah. and then after that, everything is very diminishing results. I, I think I I think that you and I just I think in theory we like the idea of the movie. I think if you're not into Baz's style, which yeah. I'm very much so not. Um, it's just not a movie that works for you because it is very much so a Baz Luhrmann movie and credit to him. Like I appreciate a director that hasn't his own, his or or her own style and sticks Mm -hmm. to it. You know what I mean? Like even he knows not everybody likes it, um, but he does it. And you're saying, you know, more is more with Elvis um, just in in terms of the man in his career. I think that Baz Luhrmann is in a way, even though I'm not a fan of him or that movie, um, Baz Luhrmann's kind of the perfect director for it because you do need someone who is just maximalist um, to show yeah. that career off. So it's a funny movie. It's very like, I like it, but I don't like it. <laughs> it's weird. It's it's almost, I wonder what uh, a Freddie Mercury biopic would look yeah. under his hands as well. Yeah, he'd be another, like, honestly, like any of those Elton John, like all, all those ones that are just really big just big, really big, extraordinary things. Baz Luhrmann yeah. is the guy that you want for that. It's just unfortunate that I really don't like his style. Yes. <laughs> like, that's yeah, just yeah, the yeah. thing. But like, I think it's good that you and I can kind of look at it objectively and be like, even though we're not fans of Baz, like we can appreciate what he's doing for the movie and how he is right for mm-hmm. it. But yeah. yeah. All right, let's move on to best editing. And the nominees for this category are The Banshees of Inishirin, Elvis, Everything Everywhere All at Once, Tar, and Top Gun Maverick. Uh, This is a category where I sort of feel like you need to see the person at work. And I don't think anything sort of exemplifies seeing someone work on the screen more so than Everything Everywhere All at Once. Because you literally have multiple different timelines weaving together not timelines but yeah, dimensions timeline, however you want to yeah i guess, yeah, oh, I guess versus, it multiverses a, that's what they call multiverse them, sorry, yeah. yeah time timelines more yeah, so would, would, would refer to like jumping around like ending beginning sort of thing uh and, and so with all the multiverse stuff and keeping that contained and understanding everything and then quite literally having montages of like flipping through hundreds of different scenarios of of the different Evelyns and, and Waymans and, and everyone else and Deirdre's and all that sort of stuff and, and what that all looks like. And it looks good. It makes sense. I'm also a big fan of if a movie has good tension, mm. it's because of the editing. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, tension and, and pacing are two things that are, are really controlled by the editor. And, and I think everything everywhere uh, – has really good tension and pacing. Pacing is it's a little little rough towards the middle and, and back half of the movie, um, but that's a little besides the point. But I, I I want and think everything everywhere will win this award because this is not only best editing but most editing. Um, I agree with you. I think that it's the one that I want to win. I, I say I think it's the one. It is the one that I want to win. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure of your picks. I know it's the one that I want to win, and uh, for everything that you just said, like I think. It, how can you look at everything everywhere all at once and be like, 
no editing like editing's all right like it's it the movie is made by the edit um as much as i love the performances as much as i love the daniel's direction it's the editing like the editing made that movie um what it is and, and why it's so and it's like especially a movie like that it's tricky because you said like you said the pacing because so much mm-hmm. is happening in that movie you could really overwhelm it to the point that it loses all of its impact but they do a really nice job of creating some lulls in it and or i shouldn't say lulls because that's a bit negative but like creating just quieter moments in it um so yeah i i think everything everywhere at once is my pick for what i would like to win the thing i th- the movie I think that is going to win is again, I think it's Elvis. Um, and it, and to be fair, like, they do a great job. Really? Wow. I think they do a great job in the editing. And I, I, there's different clips that I can see, like when they're blending all the different performances, the Vegas performances together. Um, there's one, and I, I just, I, I already brought Matthew up in this, but it's just cause him and I have talked about this Elvis movie very extensively actually. Um, <laughs> but he, you know, he brings up a clip of, uh, when they're doing it's all right and they kind of go back in time of, of they stitch together the evolution of that song like starting with mm-hmm. uh um arthur crudup and him performing it and little elvis mm-hmm. hearing it and then him recording it on um in sun studios and then and then on stage like it's and it's an, a pretty incredible feat of, of editing but i think that that movie it's tough to blend anyone's career into two and a half hours, three, three hours, two and a half to three hours, something like that. Um, and I think as much as I do think it was a bloated mess, I do think that the editing kind of is what brings it together to make it a bit positive. Um, but I think it's going to win for editing. I really do think Elvis okay. is going to do well for the technical stuff. Like I, I think that it has a lot of love for it in that sense. Okay. Okay. Uh, wow. I, I'm a little shocked at, at everything you're saying here. I, I, not that I'm disagreeing with you. You're making some excellent points, but I'm just a little surprised. This is all I got. Yeah. I like, I, I, my whole thing with this award show is I think everything everywhere at once, even though it was nominated for the most stuff, I don't think it's actually going to win that much. Um, okay. Yeah. Whereas I think, okay. I think Elvis is the one that is probably going to take most of the technical awards and then, the acting is the acting awards. We'll see how those pan out. <laughs> all right, let's move on to best visual effects. And we've got All Quiet on the Western Front, Avatar, The Way of Water, The Batman, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, and Top Gun Maverick. Uh, so let, let's start with you, Rachel. We were kind of shitting on this movie earlier, but it's, I think it's Avatar. I think Avatar wins um, for best visual effects. I think for very obvious reasons, the whole movie is a visual effect, which is why I don't get why it's in production design. Like what's it doing in there? But it, it's the entire movie is a visual effect. I actually pick it as the one that I want to win as well. Um, I was, I'm not the big, I'm not a big avatar fan. Like I rewatched the first one ahead of the way of water and uh, it's still not great. It's not a great movie. I'm not, I don't like it. It just, the story sucks. Dialogue sucks. And I know that that's not James Cameron's thing, but hire a script or like, like just hire someone to write your scripts than James Cameron. Like if you know, you're not good at it, just hire someone who's better at it because though it looks incredible. Like that's anybody that was asking me, should I go watch avatar in theater? I'm like, yeah, go watch it. Cause even though the movie is not the greatest in terms of storytelling, I shouldn't say in terms of storytelling script and dialogue basically are the two biggest issues that I have with that movie. Um, But you can't deny that it looks 
gorgeous. Like it is, it's, it's a stunning movie. And considering that it is all done on computer and uh, motion capture and all that stuff, it looks incredible. Like it's, it's really is a feat of, you know, cinematic technology or however they want to call it. Cause it, I think it's, he's done a really great job. James Cameron's done a really great job with this movie and it looks, it just looks and like, and I did watch it in 3d. I'm not usually a big 3d person. Um, but I think that he actually uses it properly. Like, I mean, I know 3d was his big thing back when the first avatar mm-hmm. came out. Um, and I don't think any other movie with the exception of gravity, gravity is one that I think that they did the 3d pretty nicely, but of all the movies I've seen on, in 3d, nobody uses it in the way that, you can tell James Cameron envisions it being used. I think he's, he is put aside what you think of the man. He is a visionary in terms of um, visual effects. And so I think it's, he is going to win it. And I do think it is pretty well deserved. I guess it's not him because his, his name is not listed behind here, but like it's, it is James Cameron's thing though. So yeah. Yep. It's going to pain you to say it. I know what you're saying. And I know how much it's hurting you to have to admit that it's going to be Avatar. Avatar's going to be. <laughs> That's visual effects. And I'm going to hate it. You're going to hate it so um, much. So we've already uh, spoiled a bit yeah. of the um, of the of the the article that we're going to come out with. And when I saw Avatar on your list for best visual effects, my first thought was, God, it must have pained Dakota so much <laughs> to have to type that in, like to have to copy and paste that damn title into the chart. Yep. Like I'm like, he must've hated it so much. Absolutely. <laughs> that That's it. Like I'm, I hate, I hate the movie yeah. as anyone listened to the last episode knows. Um, Kyle and I really just spent 20 minutes, <laughs> 20 plus minutes, absolutely shitting on that movie uh, to no end. It's um, just so, I'm sorry. It, it's so awful. <laughs> That said, it does look great. The visuals are are pretty yeah. fantastic. It the one thing that's a little tricky is what is real and what isn't, and and not that that's going to be the deciding factor of how I feel about this movie. But I'm very curious because I know they filmed in New Zealand and I know they used real water and stuff like that. And this movie's nominated for production design, so how much of the sets were built, how much of it was CGI, all that sort of stuff. I'm very confused by for this movie, and it it's making me spend brain energy thinking about this friggin' thing. And I don't want to be spending this brain energy thinking about this movie. Okay. Here, the two things I'll say about that. Number one, when people, like I said, people ask me, should I go watch this movie? I very rarely tell people to spend their money and time on a movie that I think the story sucks. And so the <laughs> fact that I'm still saying go watch it in a theater, go spend your money on like extra money on IMAX as well, right? Like it's because it really does look that beautiful. It really is an incredible looking film. So that's point one. Point two about what you were saying for what is real and what isn't. For best visual effects though, does that matter? Like isn't the whole point of best visual effects, to me the way I've always interpreted the category was kind of an amalgamation of the two, like what you, you combine practical effects with the computer effects production design. I completely agree with you about I don't know why avatar is in there, but for visual effects to me, it is very well placed. Like this is the only category that I feel like it should have been in. Um, even though, you know, maybe it's less on the practical and whereas some of the other, these other movies that are listed, the other nominees, they do a, probably a better job of, not probably, they definitely did a better job of blending CGI with 
practical effects, whereas Avatar is all CGI with humans. I don't know. Whatever. I think we talked about uh, yeah, this too okay. much. Let's yeah. Okay. <laughs> My the, the one that I want to win, though, is Top Gun Maverick. Mm-hmm. And I say this because one of the things that sort of confuses me about this category, and, and I don't know if there's a, a solid answer, is do they consider practical effects visual effects? Because technically they are two different things, you know, I, I work in in film and these are two completely separate departments. We have a visual effects department and you know, the people come on set and they watch everything and they advise the director on what they need to do for, for their post-production sort of stuff. And then we have special effects people and they are the people that are, um, you know, uh, flipping cars and lighting buildings on fire and filling rooms with smoke and all that sort of stuff. So they're very different things. Does that matter for this category? I don't. No. If it does not matter, then I want Top Gun because they flip and flew planes <laughs> and made everything seamless. I don't think it does and matter. That, that's all I've got. The only reason I would say it doesn't matter is because I think, um, well, I, I think because it's kind of a lame reason for it. There's no other category. Like, yeah, whereas exactly. like sound, for example, like they had split it. So you could say, okay, we're going to divide, like it, it is two very separate things that we're considering. But and I don't kind of hate that they put it together. It's I suppose it's in the same makeup and hairstyling thing. Like I can understand why they why they yeah. put the two they go together. Yeah. You can't have one without the other. Yeah, and like and, and a lot of the time on film they use one they 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 combine them together. So yeah. if, if a building is on fire, there'll be practical flames yeah. there for the actor to sort of quote unquote interact with. But then it will be augmented with visual effects to make it look bigger and more intense and things like that. So while they're separate departments, they also work together in, in the same way. And in a sense, like to me, that's kind of what we're judging it on, right? Cause we're judging, yeah. even though like, I know these, when we break it down into categories, it, we're looking at um, like a very singular aspect of, of movie making. But to me, when you say visual effects, like it is about how well does the practical effects work with the computer? Because nowadays, what movie doesn't have both, you know, like even, even random dramatic, like movies that you don't expect to have CGI, they have CGI, right? Like, so it's just kind of, that's just, to me, it it just kind of makes the most sense that you would consider both aspects of it. Um, And Avatar, it is kind of a funny one, I suppose, because we don't know. I don't know. We don't need to talk about Avatar anymore. (laughs) Let's move on. Let's move on. Um, I'm going to quickly run through the, the shorts categories. Sure. I'm not going to say all the nominees because I'm sure most people haven't seen them, but I'll quickly list off who I think and, and will win. Uh, I'm going to start with documentary short. There is a pretty great uh, documentary. I believe it's on Netflix called Elephant Whisperers, and it is about um, this older couple in India who work on an elephant reserve sanctuary and uh and about how they uh are raising elephants from you know they're usually they specifically are taking care of young elephants so it's um two elephants that came to them uh one via it uh its parents died and another one got lost from its tribe and was hurt if i'm remembering correctly uh and just sort of you know the beauty of elephants in the bond that people can make with them and, and the creatures that they are. It's, it's stunning to watch and I highly recommend people to watch it. It's on Netflix. So it's super easy to watch. 
I want it, and I think it will win because it's, it's very tug on your your heartstrings uh, for that. Live action short. Uh, I want a movie called The Irish Goodbye to Win. It's uh, it's this really funny short about uh, two brothers, um, one of whom has Down syndrome and their mother dies, and uh, they decide to, uh, they despite their strained relationship, they decide to uh, fill complete uh, their dying mother's uh, bucket list. And so they sort of rebond because of that. It's, it's really funny. It's heartfelt. Performances are good. So top to bottom, really, really good one. That said, I think if Irish Goodbye doesn't win, the winner is going to be one called Le Pupil, which is um, an Italian film with a French name. <laughs> um, uh, but it is also easy to watch because it is on uh, Disney+. Plus. Uh, it's sort of this irreverent movie about young girls uh, who are living in a Catholic boarding school in Italy during World War II. Um, and it's, you know, it's it's kind of cute. It's kind of irreverent. And it's produced by Alfonso Cuaron. And it's being, it's also financed by Disney. So there's a lot of push behind stuff like that. Uh, and you never bet against the mouse, the house of mouse. And the last one is animated short. And the one that I want to win is I need to look up the full name here. I just did the short form name. It's a long name. An ostrich told me the world is fake and I think I believe him. Fantastic title. It's his great uh, claymation stop motion film. It's surreal and meta. You see the animator at times. It's very unique and I really love it. Um, because for this category, I need the animation to be good and I need the story to be good. That said, the one that I think is going to win is called The Boy, The Mole, The Fox, and The Horse. Uh, and I believe this is also on Disney+. Plus. It's going to win because it's, I don't know, oh, it's, it's a really bad short. It's, it's like a Hallmark greeting card. It is literally 20 minutes of people saying the sappiest slogans you have ever heard about love and life and family and friends and what all that means and all that sort of stuff. And none of it is deep, but it features some, um, uh, some big cast members, Idris Elba is in it. Uh, there's a few, the, there's only four actors. One of them is a, is a child, but the, the three, the other three are all well known. I don't have it in front of me right now, so I I can't read it, but, uh, this one is probably going to win and it's going to make a lot of people who watch all the shorts very angry. You know, one thing I was going to say is I think it's interesting. I like that the shorts are being, are more widely available um, nowadays, I think more than ever really. And that has a lot to do with streaming. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's like, it sounds like it's, it's more to do with, uh, Disney Plus streaming, which is unfortunate because, like you said, you don't bet against the mouse because anything that's backed by Disney will probably win. Not that it is deserving of the win, but it will probably win. Um, so it's it kind of a weird thing where they're going to win, but they're also making shorts a bit more accessible to, to people, which I, I think is great because I don't think short films are something that um, the general movie going public uh, tend to seek out. So I think if you can put them on streaming services and maybe, maybe this will be a call for like prime and Netflix and HBO and all, all everybody else to, to start putting shorts up on their, um, on their platforms. Cause um, it's a great way to, to watch some like new 
I say new filmmakers, like I always think of short films as being a great starting point to look at who's coming up and like, who's interesting, who's going to be interesting. But when you say that, like Alfonso Cuaron directed one, that kind of goes, he, he produced, or produced he it. Sorry. Kind of goes, well, that's not that bad then. That's not that bad. Yeah. But yeah, I, yeah, it's interesting, but um, I, I need to watch these. I, I haven't really done a good job with watching the short films um, this year. So I, I need to sit down and just plug away and watch them. Yeah, I used to always enjoy going to the theater because you could watch the pack. Yeah, I like that. I like that they do that. Yeah, and that's always fun. And usually because the animated shorts are overall shorter than the other mm-hmm. ones, they usually pad it out by including a couple of the long list nominees too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's that's sort of fun to be like, well, which ones did it beat out? And, and you can sort of compare a little bit to that, mm-hmm. which which was always a lot of fun to do. I'll say for people who like attend film festivals as well, I always say go to watch um, at least once, like go watch the packaged shorts. Um, it's like yeah. 90 minutes usually the slot. Um, and it's really cool. Like I, I always enjoy going and watching a bunch of shorts. Granted, I haven't seen any of the shorts this year, but I will. I will. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Uh, speed this up a little bit. We've got original screenplay, and the nominees for this category are. The Banshees of Inisherin, Everything Everywhere All at Once, The Fablemans, Tar, and Triangle of Sadness. I just talked a lot there. So, Rachel, how about you lead us off for this category? Um, I'm going to – so, actually, I, we should point out that um, the Writers Guild Awards hasn't happened yet. Uh, that's happening in a couple days um, from when we're recording this. So, I would say my predictions might change depending on how those guys vote. The ones that I th- – for original screenplay, I want Banshees of Inisherin to win. Um, I just think it's a fun script. I really enjoy it. I, I love the Everything Everywhere All at One script as well. Um, but Banshees was – there's just a lot of lines from it that I really love. Not that there's not lines from Everything Everywhere All at Once that I love as well. Uh, the one that I think is going to win, though, is Tar. Really? And Why is that? Again, it's just me being like, the Academy loves shit like this, don't they? (laughs) Like, the Academy loves movies like Tar. Tar is the kind of movie that when you talk about, like, I I thought it was really funny. A lot of people were going after the Daniels for being like, you made such an Oscar bait movie, like, with all the diversity and inclusivity. And they were like, if I was making an Oscar bait movie, do you think I would put, like, hot dog fingers and butt plugs in it? Like, that's not an Oscar bait movie. (laughs) Tar, though, is exactly what the Academy is always looking for. And it wasn't. I mean, it was nominated pretty well, but like, I think that we can all agree it's not going to win. It's not going to have a stellar night, like, right? It's not going to come away with a ton of awards. Um, but I do think that they're looking to recognize it in some way, shape, or form. And I, I think this will definitely change for me, depending on how the Writers Guild Awards goes. But my gut feeling is it's going to be tar. Uh, not necessarily because of okay. quality, just because of the way that the Academy tends to vote. So I look at this category and and I think the key is original. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's everything everywhere all at once because I don't think there's a more original yeah. movie. Yes, there was another multiverse movie this year and that was Doctor Strange yeah. and the Multiverse of Madness. But it showed how bad you can make a multiverse <laughs> movie. Whereas everything everywhere sort of did the opposite and was like, hey, I know it's a cool idea. How about we actually make it good though? Um so that's my sort of two cents of, of that. Um, I, I would love it if Tar won, so you know, that would be making my <laughs> night. Uh, but I think it's going to win. I think Everything Everywhere mm. is going to win. I'd love um, for it to win. Absolutely would love for it to win. I, I, because 
we're going to reveal some stuff about who we think is going to win the, the biggest awards. Uh, and usually if you win the biggest awards, it means you're also probably going to win some of the smaller awards. And I think this is one that it would pick up along the way. Interesting. I would say of the other ones that um, we haven't mentioned yet, I think the Fablemans actually has a really good shot. That could be like a real dark horse um, uh, to get in there. Cause uh, there's, it's Steven Spielberg. People love him and, and Tony Kushner as well. Like people are big fans. So um, yeah, but I, I would be very happy if you were correct and I was wrong. I would love that. I would love that. <laughs> I, I would be happy either way, but yeah, that would be it. Uh, let's move on to adapted screenplay. And we've got All Quiet on the Western Front, Glass Onion, A Knives Out Story, Living, Top Gun Maverick, and Women Talking. Now, sort of how I said my the, the thing I consider the most in original screenplay is the original aspect of it. Uh, I haven't read any of the originals or source materials for any of these, so I can't base it on how the (laughs) adaptation goes. That said, I would love it if the Academy voters do consider how they adapt a previous source material. Um, You think they're actually reading it, though? Like, if you were voting, you actually think they're taking the time to be like, I'm going to read the book that Women Talking was based off of. Like, Even though Glass Onion and Top Gun are technically, like, it's because it's based off of old characters. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I, I don't know if anybody's actually reading them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Living is, is based off of a movie, a previous movie. There's no, was there a book out of? No, no, there was not. It was just based solely on a movie. All Quiet is based on a book. They're not basing it on the, the mm-hmm. previous film adaptations. And Women Talking was also a book. Uh, I would be pretty down with All Quiet on the Western Front winning this. Uh I yeah I know you'd like that. Um, I, I think it does a great job because I've seen the original All Quiet distinguishing itself enough from that, and from what I know about the original book and source material, yes, it follows it a bit closer than the original film does, but I think it also sort of updates it. Mm-hmm more to a modern setting of, of how we can understand and really sympathize with these characters as well and, and sort of see what they're going through in a very unique way. Um, that said, I think my runner up for who I want to win is going to win. And that's women talking. Um, I think one of the key aspects of this category is dialogue and women talking (laughs) other than maybe knives out features, the most talking, it's right there in <laughs> Sorry, the that's why there. I laughed because you're like, it's about dialogue with women talking. I'm like, yeah, it is about dialogue with women talking, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it this, this category is, is about how well you write dialogue. And, um, and and I think women talking does it really well. And I think that might be something for it to win. And also, it would be a way of the Academy being like, hey, we're not giving you best picture, but we are still going to mm-hmm. give you best adapted screenplay. So I agree with you. I think women talking is going to win. Um, similar to my tar thing. I don't necessarily think it's about quality. I think it's just about the kind of movie that it is. And I think, um, I actually do think Sarah Polly is kind of garnering a bit of sympathy. I'm not saying this is like a pity party for Sarah Polly either. Um, cause I think she, you know, she's very talented in what she does, but I think that people have been a bit surprised that, um, that movie hasn't done as well, um, over the awards season, like across all of the awards, uh, even in Toronto. So I think that it's, it's, a movie that I, I think a lot of people do like, and a, a lot of people are behind it. I think it's going to, and it's very topical as well in a way. Um, so I do think it's going to win on um, my pick would be 
Oh, I guess I'm completely aligned with you here. Yeah, my my pick for the one that I want to win is obviously All Quiet because, like you said, it's a great um, modernization of that story, um, but still, you know, really retaining what it was like for them back then. And I, I think, you know, as you said, the movie is not um, the adaptation aspect of it is not about the original, uh, the first movie that was made um, back in the '30s, which was an American style one. I think that it's more about like the fact that it comes from a German perspective, the fact that. Um, you know, we're looking at it through a very, very different lens to when, you know, the book came out to when the movie came out. I think it's it's a perfect adaptation of that um, story and of that war. So, yeah, I'm, I'm a big All Quiet fan, if you haven't noticed. I have not yeah. at all. <laughs> all right, let's move on to Best Animated Feature. Oh, and for this, yet. we've got Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Marcel, what, what? I was like, oh, we haven't even done animated yet. I didn't realize no, that. No, we, have we haven't not. done documentary. We haven't done international. Okay. No, that's this. Yeah, let's go. go. Okay. Uh, so we've got Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, Marcel the Shell with shoes on, Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, The Sea Bus, and Turning sea Red. Beast. Rachel, what are your thoughts on this? The Sea Beast. The Sea Beast. Is what did I say? Bus? The sea bus. <laughs> I, I, because I live in Vancouver, I take the sea bus occasionally. So maybe that's on my mind. You've changed, uh, man. You've changed. <laughs> Um, I'm, I'm going to go with, uh, it's, it's Del Toro. He's going to win this. Like, I feel like there's a few categories that are Sherlock's and his is a Sherlock. Like he's, he's won every single award there is to win for this. And, um, it's a brilliant, it's brilliant. Like it's a great movie and the animation, like the, the stop motion that he does, the puppet, like it's all pretty incredible. Um, my personal pick is Puss in Boots though. I think it's, if you haven't seen it, I'm not a huge Shrek person. Like I didn't really ride with Shrek that much. But this is making me be like, oh, I could use another Shrek movie because I just think the animation was so cool in it. It was so, 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 so great. Like the blending of different styles of animation as well, I thought was just absolutely inspired. So, yeah, my pick is uh, personal pick would be Puss in Boots. But the one that I think is going to win is uh, GDT. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm not as over the moon for Puss in Boots as you are. Mine, I was quite surprised that I, I liked um, much like the, the animated short, I, I do consider the animation mm-hmm. along with the story. Yeah. Puss and it's, uh, it's hard. It, <laughs> okay. Y- yes. Yeah. I found it a little reductive, even if it was still a funny, cute story. Um, <laughs> it's hard to argue against del Toro. Yeah. You know, I love the man and uh, I, w- I finally watched it today uh, before I was recording. I was really putting it off because I really don't like the story. Of Me Pinocchio. neither. And, I and, really don't like yeah. Pinocchio's story. It's a terrible story. Yeah. And, and the fact that he was able to, you know, move the story up in time to be about uh, 1930s fascist mm-hmm. Italy and, you know, make it the satire sort of thing, but then also add his unique del toro creepiness in a way that only he yeah. does with fantasy like the sprites yeah. and and that sort of stuff in the, the the dead rabbits who are um the pole bears all that sort of stuff is quite unnerving like this is not no. a kid's movie at no. all it's very adult like it's a very adult version of pinocchio but if you think of the story of pinocchio like it is a very adult story like it's a creepy ass story yeah. like it's not for children it really is but yeah del toro is yeah. amazing um and, and the fact that there's no the, the the Pixar movie this year isn't 
Pixar's strongest movie, mm-hmm. and there's no Disney movie, so there's really no competition for it. Uh, I also want this movie to win, really. Yeah, I'm uh, everything that you had said about it, I'm in complete agreement. I'll say one thing. Why is Marcel Duchel in here? I don't agree with that being in this. I don't know. It shouldn't be. Don't it's know. not an animated movie. Either. Like, But whatever. If Marcel Duchel with Shoes On is an animated movie, then so is The Lion King from a couple years ago. And so, I mean, then why is an avatar in here? Like, it just, it, it doesn't right? make sense to me. Avatar is also an animated yeah, movie. Yeah, like, it's yep. kind of, it's weird. Whatever. Yeah. Who knows? We can run the Academy one day, yep. but it's not today. Ugh, yeah. All right, let's move on to Best International Film. And so Ooh. our nominees for this category is are All Quiet on the Western Front from Germany, Argentina 1985 from Argentina, Close from the Netherlands, Belgium, EO from Poland. Sorry, Belgium. Thank you. I was going off memory, so I'm glad you, you corrected <laughs> me there. Close from Belgium, EO from Poland, and The Quiet Girl from Ireland. I, th- I've only seen three of the five of this, so I, I can't really comment on Argentina 1985 and EO of what I've seen. All Quiet on the Western Front is my favorite. And uh, much like Kihoi Kwan has been literally murdering people in their sleeps to win awards, All Quiet <laughs> on the Western Front has equally been uh, sawing down competition. Uh, so much so that this might even be a dark horse candidate for best picture. I don't know why you're so violent today. You have really, there's just a lot of violence in you <laughs> oh, at this no. moment. Um, yeah. So I'm, I, I love the international f- film category. I think it's always like probably the more exciting one, especially in the last few years. I think it's, it's like a really great, it's always a really solid category. And I think this year is really, really great as well. I loved close. It's one of my favorites of the year. Um, I was a really, really big fan of the movie. I obviously am picking all quiet as the one that I want to win. Cause I love that movie. In terms of what I think is going to win, though, I'm very torn between All Quiet and Argentina 1985. Um, I was a bit surprised because Argentina 1985 seems to it has like a lot of people really, really like it. Um, mm-hmm. And I will say I wasn't as drawn to it. Like, I, I think it's great. And I think the story is really interesting. Um, but at, for me, it's not like I would put it in the bottom two for me for this category. Um, but yeah, so I'm actually quite torn between the two. I think the safer bet is probably All Quiet, just because it's done really, really well. It's it's a great movie. Um, but then Argentina has been doing really well. I'll, I'll stick with All Quiet. I'll go with All Quiet. I'll say it's All Quiet. It's going to win. Uh, all right, let's move on to Best Documentary. And we've got All That Breathes, All the Beauty and the Bloodshed, Fire of Love, A House Made of Splinters, and Navalny. Navalny. Uh, Rachel, what are your thoughts on this category? Um Really good year for documentaries, actually. I think I said earlier I hadn't seen all the documentaries. I realized I'm just missing one, just House Made of Splinters. <laughs> the rest of them I have seen. So um, the one that I really, really love, and it's it was I, I just was very taken with this movie, was Fire of Love. I think it's so great. I love the story um, behind the two volcanologists. I love that that's a word as well. Um, but when I was reading up about the film, one thing that I thought was really great about it was the footage that they had um, of volcanoes. Like obviously we don't normal people don't get very close to volcanoes. Like we just don't do that. Uh, And the fact that they have this such tremendous footage um, that they're able to put into the film. I was just like, how did they even get that? How does it look so good and all that? And then I, I read up on it and Sarah Dosa, who is the director, she worked so hard on restoring a lot of the footage um, with another team as well. It wasn't just her obviously doing it, um, but 
for that reason alone, in a way, like I, that kind of blew me away. And that that's what it makes it for me, the one that I want to win, because I think the story it tells is great, which a documentary should do. But the footage is stunning. And the amount of work that went into restoring that footage, because it is from the, I want to say the 70s. Um, and obviously, given that you're near volcanoes, like your camera and your equipment's not going to be the best <laughs> at times, because it will maybe go a little bit wonky. Um, I just think what they've done with that movie is is tremendous. And that's on Disney plus as well for anybody who wants to watch it. I think it's, it's really, really great movie. The one that I think is going to win though is Navalny. Um, that's just been picking up awards everywhere, um, everywhere that it shows and every award show that it goes through. It's, it's been picking it up and uh, it's good. I, I think it's a good one. It's very, obviously very, very topical at the moment. It, it talks about uh, a, oh, I might butcher this. So it's, it's basically about uh, the, it was a Russian spy, I want to say, who got poisoned. Um, and um, fun fact, the director is Canadian. So there's that as well. It is it's based on the official opposition. Thank leader. you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, uh, and not only is he Canadian, I've mentioned on an earlier episode, but the director went to the same high school I mm-hmm. went to. So they're interesting connections there. Uh, I, I've only seen three and a half of these <laughs> as I, said off the top of the show um but my want is all that breathes Very it good. was this is kind of a weaker of the three of the three and a half i've seen so far it's a bit of a weaker category overall for me this year the documentary branch i never know what the hell they're doing they often miss some of the biggest documentaries uh not only to to win but to even be nominated and in this year sort of no exception but all the breeds I, th- I found it a really sort of beautiful uh film about um a family that is taking care of uh, birds in uh, – I don't want to get uh, the country wrong here – in India. Yes. I've already messed up once this episode. But they take care of birds in India, and it's really incredible uh, what they do with both the footage that they capture and the sort of the dialogue it creates about conservation and – animal hospitality and all that sort of stuff and everything that is also going on in the background of India at the same time. It's a great movie. That I want to say, I, sorry, I just want to say, cause it sounds really dull when you describe it like that, because that, I mean, I would describe it the same way, but it's a lot more exciting than that. <laughs> but that's the thing with documentaries is it sounds really boring. Sometimes you're just like, it's about birds, but it's really interesting. Like yeah. it's actually a really interesting one. And like you said, the footage is, is pretty great as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, that said, I'm in agreement with you. I think Navalny is going to win. It is uh, oftentimes for documentary and, and also for, for international as well to a lesser extent. Uh, the award will often go to what is the most topical mm-hmm. film. Mm-hmm. And uh, Navalny winning would basically be the Academy's way of uh, giving a middle finger to, to Putin <laughs> and, and Russia and everything that's happening over there. Um, and I, I think they would only be far too happy to pat themselves on the back to be like, ha, look what we did. I bet you're real angry with us there, Vlad. Um, so, yeah, I think Navalny's going to win. Really liking the commentary from you today. It's great. <laughs> I'm, am I, I'm a little sassy you are today, very aren't sassy I? Sassy today. I'm enjoying it though. It's good. Okay, good. Hopefully this makes for good radio. (laughs) Let us move on to our second to last category. And that is best director. And we've got Martin McDonough for the Banshees of Anna Sheeran, the Daniels for everything everywhere all at once. Steven Spielberg for the Fablemans, Todd Field for tar and Ruben Ostland for triangle of sadness. 
for me, I think this is actually a, a fairly strong category. Mm-hmm. I'd probably remove Steven Spielberg. Um, I I re- I like originality in this category, and even Martin McDonough, I'd probably remove as well if, if we were doing that. But we're not, so I'm not going <laughs> to dwell too much of that. Um, Sassy, Dakota. obviously, you know that. <laughs> You're basically pulling from the best picture list and yeah. you're picking five from that list and, and sort of narrowing it down. And I, I really value vision and originality in the direction. And, uh, and, and that means you know exactly who I'm going to pick for who I want and who I think – well, who I want is the Daniels because the originality is, is absolutely there. And I really appreciate everything that they do where they're both paying homage to the films that came before them as far as – blending genres in action films and just a whole lot of different inspiration that you can watch and just sort of feel everything that they've poured into it. Uh, but also it, it's, it's uniqueness too. That said, I also think it's going to win because I think everything everywhere is uh, the biggest movie. It's got the most nominations and uh, we'll probably walk away with this. What do we completely you, agree with you on both sides? Um, it's the one that I want. I want the Daniels to win. I also think that they're going to win. They won at the Directors Guild, which um, I believe is like probably the biggest predictor for this category in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I, I pretty much echo everything that you said. I think that like a movie like this, everything that we've talked about it from the different performances, the editing um, that we, that um, you, you talked about earlier, you know, you need a strong vision at the start and um, who's guiding you through it. And they, they have two, they have two Daniels who are doing it really well. And um, yeah, there it's, it's, it's pretty incredible that this movie has done as well as it's done in the awards um, campaign thing. And I think that, like if you watch any of their interviews, they are just as shocked as anybody else that they have made it like this. <laughs> it's it's very kind of yeah. funny to see, but um, yeah, I, I think I think it's theirs. Like I I do really think that it's it's their um, award to take, and I don't know if I I wouldn't remove Spielberg personally. Um, I would probably remove Todd Field, but that's just me. That's just me. We can move on. <laughs> <laughs> all right so then we are now at our big one of the night and that is best picture <sighs> and i think you know maybe there might be less surprises than we think based no, on our discussion i still that don't we had. know <laughs> like, well let's start with who do you want to win? i mean all quiet obviously like that it's i genuinely love that movie i think it is one of the first not the first time but because i haven't been doing this for very long but it's one of those moments where it's like, I do believe that the best picture of the year is all, it also happens just to be my favorite movie of the year. And that um, doesn't necessarily always happen. I just think it's, it's an incredible film and what they did with the scope of the production and the cinematography and all of those like technical stuff. That's incredible. But then you mix it in with a story that is very poignant, very moving, um, it's an adaptation that we already discussed uh, kind of the, the challenges and, and the successes that they've had in adapting a movie like this. Uh, it's, it's just for me, it's an all around, like I, I have only ever given one movie a 10 out of 10 and it was this movie. Cause I, I, I know that there's people who have like some problems with it, quote unquote. Um, but I, for me, it's a perfect movie and uh, I would love for it to win this picture. I don't think it will though, but I would love for it to win. Okay. Okay, so then I'll say my want, and uh, also going to be no surprise here, it's yeah. Tar. I really, really love this movie. Uh, yeah, I hear you <laughs> rolling your eyes, Rachel. 
Come on, show your disgust more. I it's dare you. Uh, <laughs> you know, okay, convince just, me it's a great movie. <laughs> it, this movie completely centers around an absolutely balls the wall performance by Kate Blanchett and giving every sort of you know type of performance in this movie that you absolutely need she's completely believable as this world famous composer she's got the cockiness to back up the acting to show that she knows what she's doing that's it, it, really evident and then also we get this really interesting sort of mystery angle of do we believe her do we not believe her has she really done the thing she's been accused of to what extent has she done the thing that that she's being accused of and and it all is weaved together with with todd field's incredible direction and script uh to make a real masterpiece of a movie and i and i really like the progression of the film to the point there when you get to the very end you're left wondering is what has happened to her, is it a punishment? Is this her trying to rehabilitate herself? Did she get off completely? And you're, you're, you're sort of left with this weird mix of emotions of, I don't know how to feel about everything that happened in this movie. And I really appreciate that. So you can now unclench your jaw and uh, release the, the blood from your tongue that, that you've been biting this whole time. I mean, again, with such just violent imagery that you're throwing today. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I'm not going to shit on this movie. I really am not because I think it's lovely that you love it. And I think that's great. It's just I just didn't connect with it. Mm-hmm. Like I hear people talk about it in, you know, such hyperbolic terms like you just did. And I just, I just don't really get it. Like I just don't see what people are seeing that I'm like, I've watched it twice. I watched it a second time just so I could be like, <laughs> is it fine? And I just, yeah, I just don't click with it. I think Kate Blanchett's good in it, but she's, you know. I don't think it's anything exceptional for her career. And again, maybe that that's just me putting her up on um, a, a bit of a higher standard than any other actress, but I mean, it's Kate Blanchett. She's a great actress. So I don't know when you said like uh, at the end, you're kind of left not knowing to think I knew what I thought at the end of it. I was like, this is, I don't like this movie. That's what I thought about it. <laughs> that's exactly what I thought about it. Um, but I, I did appreciate that somebody who wrote that about like is it a was it a ghost story or something like that like she was dead all the time oh yeah that made me laugh which no that made me laugh i was just like okay that's where we're going with this movie fine that's probably more exciting than what i watched so at least somebody took some entertainment out of it but anyways what is your pick for what who do you think is actually going to win best picture no 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 stop stalling i don't know i genuinely don't know like I've mentioned Elvis a lot, right? Like, I think that Elvis you is... Have? I think that there's a lot of love for it. I don't think it's going to win Best Picture, though. Like, I just don't see it. So the thing with the Best Picture category that I think is different to all the other ones is that there's a ranked ballot for this. And that mm-hmm. messes things up. And also, it's the only... Ca- or I don't know if it's the only, but I know it's the category that, like, everybody votes on, right? Like, it doesn't matter what branch you're a part of, everybody's going to vote on this one, Mm -hmm. which is why I don't think Everything Everywhere All at Once is going to win. Because I do think that even though that they've done a great amount of efforts to, uh, I was going to say euthanize, (laughs) to to make it younger, to make the Academy a bit younger and a bit more diverse, um, I do still think that there's enough people in the Academy where Everything Everywhere All at Once is just a weird movie. And because there is that ranked ballot, I just don't see it being the one that gets the 
prize at the end of the day. So then does that mean something like Tar, the Fablemans, Elvis? Maybe those do make it in. Top Gun would be a really exciting choice. I think that would be kind of fun to just see it kind of go in. Um, I don't know. I could be really, like, spicy and just say the Fablemans. TikTok. I'll, 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 I'll go... You know what? I'm gonna. I'm just as I did with Michelle Yeoh. I'm gonna back myself and say that it's gonna be all quiet on the Western Front. It's not okay. Gonna be, there we go. But, there yeah, we go. Fine, whatever. Um, as as John says, I love your uh, all guts, no glory pick for all quiet. Um, I I'm just gonna go with conventional wisdom. It's got 11 nominations. I think it's gonna win. I really don't think the most the, the night. Yes, I. I it's not the Dakota. It's not. <laughs> I think everything everywhere all at once is going to win. Uh, am I as confident as you that it won't win? No, but I'm fairly confident that it will. Really? Win. Uh, the, yeah. I, I like, I don't know what is going to be the runner up if it isn't because I'm not really seeing a path for Banshees no. Elvis. Yeah. It's going to pick up a lot of technical stuff. It, it would have to win Best Actor and get all the technical things that we were talking about as far as production design, hair and makeup, costume, for me to think that it is getting into picture. Uh, and, and same as All Quiet, it's going to have to start picking up some stuff uh, outside of just international uh, for me to think that it really stands its chance, which is why I think Everything Everywhere is going to end up winning. You it. know what? I'm going to change my I'm going to get spicy. I'm going to say it's the Fablemans. I'm going to take the Fablemans to win. Done. Why, Rachel? Why? Why will the Fablemans win? Because it's Steven Spielberg, and I think that enough okay. people um, have a lot of love for him, and I think that enough people, like again, it's that ranked ballot thing. Like I think he'll have more up at yep. the top than at the bottom. So I think it's going to be. I don't, but I'm going to go with the Fablemans, and we're we're done. Okay, fair enough. I. There we go. These are our picks. Who knows if we're going to be right or not. Uh, We will reveal the results of our picks after the Oscars come out, after the Oscars happen. Uh, And uh, we can see who is more deserving of mockery, uh, Rachel or myself. You and I had a lot of the same, though, didn't we? We we sort of did. We we have some differences. Rachel, thank you so much. Um, where can people find more of your work? And what are you uh, working RachelKH.com, as always, underscore RachelKH on Twitter. What am I working on right now? I don't think I have anything new out at the moment um, because, as Dakota said earlier, I am traveling, so I haven't been taking on as much. But I'm trying to think what else I'm going to have. Yeah, no, nothing. Go to the Asian Cut. Um, there's stuff on there. Do that. Cool. Okay. Well, this has been a That Shelf podcast. Visit thatshelf.com for more great film discourse. Follow the show on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at ContraZoomPod. Uh, who do you think is going to win Best Pictures? Rachel Wright or am I right? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> send an email to ContraZoomPod at gmail.com. Thank you to Eric and Kevin Smale for the theme music and to Stephanie Pryor for the logo design. If you like to listen to podcasts on YouTube, we do post all episodes there as well. And if you really like the show, consider tipping us on coffee. Thanks for checking us out. Sassy Dakota.